Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. We all have to exit our business someday, mainly because we don't live forever. So why not think about your exit now when you aren't being forced out due to something that's out of your control? This episode will be valuable to you, whether you're thinking of exiting next year or 10 years from now, because here's the interesting thing. When you start running your business, like you're ready to sell it, it actually creates positive changes in your current business which ultimately improves the value of your business and you'll likely walk away with more money for your future. Stay tuned because in this episode, I share the top reasons that people leave their businesses, the most popular questions I get, stories and lessons from my own journey in selling three pet businesses and the four stages that you'll go through in your journey of selling. Grab your notebooks and download this episode for sure because it is absolutely worth saving. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. We all will have to leave at some point, whether it's because we are ready to, or our health changes or somebody else's health changes. There are going to be moments when we are just finished doing this and we're ready to think about exiting. 
But there are really actually nine common reasons that people do leave. And many of them are not for intended reasons. Many of them are kind of emergencies that might come up and require you to leave when either you're not ready to, or maybe the business is no longer as valuable as it once was. Here are the most common reasons that people sell their businesses. There's nine of them. The first one is pretty obvious. They're ready to retire, right? That is one that you can actually plan for. Now, more and more of us are working later in our years just because we really enjoy what we do. But depending on what type of pet business you have, it could be very physically demanding, or it also is taking a lot of your time. But retirement is one of the most common ones, and that's the one that we can forecast as far ahead into the future, kind of and get ready for as possible. Maybe you have a business partner and you're going through a business dispute, or more common is going to be an illness of you or an illness of one of your family members. And now you might need to be the sole care provider. I don't want this to happen to you, but we do all die. Right? So the fourth reason that people have to sell their business is because you've passed away or maybe your family member has passed away and you can no longer run the business. The fifth reason is boredom. You're not just enjoying it anymore. You know, that one, usually when you need to exit your business because of this, it's actually not worth very much because you're not excited about it. You probably aren't working on it very much and trying to grow the business. So this is an unfortunate place to be in. The sixth reason people leave is they're just overwhelmed. They might be done with how much time it's taking or they just feel like they're failing at business. This is also kind of a hard time to leave it because it may not be worth very much. The seventh reason is lack of funds, right? You can't cash flow the business enough to even stay open. So now you're just going to have to close it. But this is also not an ideal situation to be in because you may not even be able to sell it for what you need to get out of debt. Maybe you are done with the liability. You hear that a lot when people have grown their businesses fairly large and they have a lot of employees or Maybe you're a daycare and boarding facility and you're taking care of lots of dogs and animals and you're just done with the pressure of it. Or the ninth reason, you have a desire to move. And this is a newer reason. I've seen this much more since post-pandemic. Everyone wanting to spend their time somewhere that they really, truly enjoy. And that may not be where you chose to open and establish your business. So those are the core reasons, but typically you're going to either retire or you have a health situation and you need to exit the business. Well, my hope for you is that you get to leave your business when you are ready to and not being forced out for one of those reasons. And I want it to be when you can make the most money possible. Because what's interesting is that the business market is kind of like a housing market, right? You want to sell your house at the height of a market. And your business should be sold at the height of when you're doing business. That's when it becomes the most valuable. But oftentimes we have to exit when things aren't going so good. So these are the top questions that I get as a pet business coach and somebody who has sold multiple businesses. The most common questions are, what is my business worth? That's like the number one question. How do I find a buyer Should I work with a business broker? How and when do I tell my landlord? How and when do I tell my employees? 
How and when do I tell my customers? And then a big question is, what will I do next? Those are all very important and very big questions. So I am not going to be able to answer all of these on today's podcast because my answers would actually be super specific to your individual business. I do offer one-on-one consults on this exact topic. So if you're ready to start thinking about selling your business, which by the way, you should start doing about three to five years before you know you're officially ready, then let's schedule some time. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, what's interesting about going through this process is that once you realize what your business is worth and what a potential buyer is looking for, we can then make a roadmap together on your exact next steps of what you should do to make your business more valuable. And then it really does make your business better. I'd love to share a little bit about my journey in selling three businesses because they were all slightly different and I learned something in each one of them. We talked about reasons to leave a business. The first one was kind of a partner. It wasn't really a partner dispute. It was just that I was an employee of the company but I ran it like my own. The owners had other jobs, were not interested in this company and like working at the company. And I basically was like, sell it to me or I'm going to need to find another job because I, one, wasn't making as much as I knew I could. And two, I just feel like, gosh, if I'm going to care this much about this company, it, it should be mine. And so in that process, I did try to buy the business and it ended up, you know, I would need a bank loan and it wasn't the price that the current owners had paid for it when they bought it. So even though I'd grown the business, what was interesting is that they overpaid for it when they bought it. So this one was interesting because it was a little small doggy bakery business. And we ended up using a broker to sell the business. And it actually sold to a customer for way more Then they had even paid for it, which was way, way, way more than the bank had valued the business at. This is why it's so important to really either A, know what your business is worth for sure, but not just what the bank is going to say, what other people will think it's worth. Because really your business is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it at the time that you need to sell it. So that first sale was pretty interesting. The other thing that was super interesting was that even though we did sell it to a customer, so we used a broker, which it just happened that a customer who lived in the neighborhood was looking to buy a business in the neighborhood and happened to see the broker listing. And so they reached out and ended up being the ones who bought the business. In that transaction, the owners and myself, even at the time, were very nervous about telling any customers about it, right? We didn't want anyone to know. Well, when we made the announcement that we had sold the business, one of our very best customers was devastated because they wanted the opportunity to buy the business and they didn't get it. And what ended up happening is that business really fell apart with the people that we sold it to because it wasn't the right buyer. And I know in my heart that this other woman would have just helped it thrive and she would have had the best time running that business. So I learned a few lessons in that, and it was also the starting point for then my pet business, Dogaholics, where the owners of that company, they did give me a portion of the sale, and I was able to use that as investment money in launching Dogaholics. 
Now, the second time I sold a business was the retail assets of Dogaholics. And in this situation, the business was in its height. We were having the best revenue ever. I only worked at this pet supply store for probably like 10 hours, not even 10 hours a week. I was probably there like five hours a week. I would go in and I did the merchandising and helped with customer events. And I just basically was there enjoying all the things that I loved about it. And what came about though, was that I was on a vacation with my grandpa in Hawaii. And one of my employees who is a full-time employee sales associate, the best sales associate we had, best seller, they became ill, very ill. And they had to not work for anywhere from four to eight weeks. And so it was the holiday season and I had to swoop in and fill the role, which when you say, you know, Candace, you were only working five hours a week. That's not that hard. I was only working five hours a week at that business. I still had a seven figure doggy daycare that we were running down the street and I was probing into coaching and starting to launch a coaching business. So I was busy. I definitely didn't have time to come work full time at my shop again plus run the other details of the business. So in that moment, I thought, you know, we're in the height of how we're doing. And I had just seen the TV show, The Prophet on CNBC with Marcus Lemonis. And on that show, they had featured Bentley's Pet Stuff. Now, Bentley's Pet Stuff at the time had about five or seven locations in the Chicago suburbs. And their model was going to be that they were going to acquire some other mom and pops as their growth model when Marcus decided to invest in them. So at the time, then it came about that they had purchased all the pet stuffs that were in the Chicago area, but no pet stuff business existed in my neighborhood. So I decided, you know what? I bet they'd love to be in this neighborhood in Lakeview in Chicago. So I got the courage to finally reach out and just say, hey, I have an opportunity you might be interested in. If so, let's talk about it. Now, I learned a ton in that process and the one big thing not to do helped me immensely with my third sale. Didn't necessarily help me immensely in this sale, but I learned one really big thing. The one big thing is that I, in the conversation and negotiation, showed them the price that I was wanting to walk away with for the business. In my mind, I was like, well, I'll just put together a little presentation that's like listing a house and here's my purchase price I want, which did make sense if you're going to use a broker and you list it on a website. But in the moment, they were already Bentleys, was so excited to buy the business and I just gave him the number and he paid it. (laughs) And I realized in the moment what had happened. I was like, oh my gosh. I should have let him make me an offer. Maybe it would have been higher than the price I was put on this paper. Now, the price I put on the paper, I was very happy with anyway, because I assumed he'd want to negotiate down. So it wasn't all bad, (laughs) but I learned a lot in that lesson right there. That sale was super smooth. It went very quickly, actually. It happened over a period of maybe less than three months, but... It was hard emotionally. You know, this piece of my business I had been doing for 10 years. Dogaholics as a retail store was really my true identity. Even though I had the doggy daycare and I was wanting to start a coaching business, I just didn't know if 
I had no idea that Pet Boss Nation would be what it is today, right? It was very risky to kind of walk away from this. But in my mind, I was like, you know what? There's the right buyer at the right time. They're going to be able to acquire this retail asset. They want to put their name, Bentley's Pet Stuff, all over the business. They do not need the name Dogaholics. So I can keep my doggy daycare business under Dogaholics and potentially grow the brand in other ways if I wanted to. So that's what we did. That second sale, Bentley's came in. They were on one end of the block and my doggy daycare was on the other end of the block. And we were able to make some great partnerships and collaborations together while we remained on the street together. Selling that business helped me get out of the remaining debt that I had. I know if you are an avid listener of this podcast, you've heard me tell the stories of how much crazy debt I was in. I I got up to about $400,000 in debt. This sale, I had already paid down almost all the debt. We were down to about maybe 80,000. So I had worked my butt off to get the majority of the debt down. But the sale of this helped me get out of debt. It helped build up the business savings account. It helped me invest in other things and other businesses. It did a lot of really wonderful things for dogaholics at the time in the future of my life too. Then the third sale happened in March 5th of 2020. And then a week later, the governor shut the state down and deemed them non-essential. Boy, was I born under a lucky star. Not only because of the timing, but because this transaction changed my life, changed our life financially. And what's interesting when I think about my journey in the pet industry, it's like I started out this little doggy bakery and maybe got $10,000 from that sale of the, of the fee that they gave me. And then, you know, take that to grow the next business. And yeah, I had all my struggles and hurdles, but we figured things out and started running the business in a better way and making it more profitable. And then I was able to approach a retailer for acquisition at the timing that was the height of the best, the business doing its best. And I thought, okay, I'm ready. Here we go. And and it was, you know, an amazing decision to have made. And then it all that whole experience of selling to Bentley's really positioned me to have this life-changing negotiation and acquisition experience for the doggy daycare. Now, in this situation, we sold to a larger company and we sold all the brand assets, all the trademarks, all the things under the name Dogaholics. But this now allowed me to go full steam ahead with Pet Boss Nation. And this sale also took a really long time. So even though I, you know, we said we closed on around the beginning of March on the deal, it was about a year and a half in the making. And this year and a half in the making was really their due diligence discovery, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But the due diligence phase popped up all kinds of other things that we had to consider if they were going to acquire the business. So we were scouting other locations. We had to go through zoning changes for our property, and we had to have some major discussions with our landlord. So while there could be a formula for you to follow in selling your business, every experience will be different and your experience will be different than mine. I just hope that our time together on this episode opens your mind to some things and helps you start to think a little bit about your exit and your business, because it is an emotional process. There are so many emotions. You know, you're questioning what you're going to do next. You're questioning if you should even do this at all. Like, is this a horrible decision for you to make? Are you just setting yourself up for failure? Or, you know, what will people think? 
or what if your hard work is not worth anything? It's hard. It really is. But having done this now three times, I can definitely say that it will be okay. A weight will be lifted off of you and new opportunities will still present themselves. They always do. Now, I'd love to share with you the general process of selling a pet business. And there are four stages of a selling journey. The first stage is your discovery and your awakening. You have to decide, am I really ready for this? And if I'm not ready for this, then when will I be? Because like I said, if you're going to start working on selling your business now, it does help your business become better, which you may have an opportunity like how I did where both scenarios with Bentley's and Destination Pet, they both kind of appeared in front of me. There were opportunities that appeared that I didn't have to take those opportunities, but I chose to, and it was a good decision for me. So if you're not ready right now, when will you be? And what happens when you start really working on your business and an opportunity presents itself? Will you be ready then? Maybe if the price is right, right? And that's the other discovery thing to do here is determining what your business is actually worth. There are a couple different kinds of formulas you can follow. Your accountants can give you about what they think it would be worth. I help people figure this out. At the end of the day, you need to know what your business is valued at but your business is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it at the time you need to sell it, right? Now, some people, it will be worth way more to them than it will look financially on paper from your accountant. So that's why there's all this kind of interesting elements of the negotiation process. We wanna help you get as much money as you can when it's time to sell. You'll need to think about how long you're willing to stay on and help with the transition of the new owners and what that looks like. You need to think about the assets that you are going to sell. And if there's anything that you want to keep, like kind of what are your non-negotiables and what work does need to be done now to make it more valuable for when you sell it. Lots of things to think about in stage number one. With stage number two, now we are putting ourselves out there. Time for you to get out there and find potential buyers. See, I said buyers, plural. We'd love for you to find multiple buyers. And you can accept offers in this phase and hopefully you find the right buyer. This stage, you're marketing yourself. So I want you to think about how you'll do that. Where are you going to promote this sale? Who are you comfortable telling about it? Once you find the interested buyers, you want them to sign an NDA and a non-compete of some sort before you share any financial information. Okay, we want that security for you. Once you have that signed NDA, then you can send them financials and maybe some sort of a little presentation about your business. And then you wait for an offer. You wait. And this is what we want versus you having to put your business for sale on a broker site. You absolutely can, but you're going to have to put a price up for that. Here, we want to see what someone is willing to pay. All right. Stage three is now... When the ball is rolling, action's happening, things are starting to move forward. A buyer is going to submit a letter of intent to you, their LOI. And on that letter of intent, it's going to tell you how much they're willing to pay and what some of their criteria and stipulations are. You can either accept that offer or you can counter it. 
you should have your business attorney review their letter of intent and insert and suggest any adjustments. Once you sign the LOI, okay, once they've signed it and you've signed it, that basically takes your business off the market and it's going to secure it for them to do some research and make some final decisions during their discovery phase, right? So they've just shown interest based off of some of your financials, but now they need to do some digging. So the buyers will go through their due diligence process. Some buyers are more experienced in this than others, but usually they'll ask for tax returns, copies of any of your business licenses, maybe a sample payroll. They'll want to review your lease. And during this due diligence phase, either party can usually back out for some sort of small fee. And then the fourth and final stage is sealing the deal. Now you're confident that things are moving forward. So you can begin to introduce the buyers to your landlord and you're going to want to tell them what's happening because every landlord will want to handle this situation slightly differently. Your attorney and their attorney will work on the asset purchase agreement and any disclosure schedules. You'll pick your closing date. And now is when you're going to tell your team and tell your customers and start to transition the actual business to new owners. Now, all of that doesn't happen on the same day, guys. <laughs> this is a process. Your discovery and awakening to the whole thing, putting yourself out there, getting the ball rolling and sealing the deal. It all takes time. You will have to leave your business. We all do. My hope for you is that when you're ready is when your business is also worth the most value so that you can sell to who you want to and leave your business on your terms like I did. So we need to make sure that you have solid guidance on calculating your business's value so that you can leave with the most potential profit. And it's an emotional journey. So the sooner that you start thinking about all of this and discussing it, the more prepared you'll be when it is your time. And if you'd like my perspective on what your business is worth or have any questions about the process, I do offer one-on-one -on -one consultations on this topic. And you know, I might even know some interested buyers. So you can schedule a discovery call with us to learn more about my rates and the next steps that we would take together by visiting petbossmeetings.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today and that it's got you thinking about your future. Hit me up in the DMs and let me know what you think, if something resonated with you, or maybe you've sold a business too and have a tip to share with us. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? You know, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast, or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.